Wow, what a week. And because our governor and our health director has made the request that we stay home, this has been recorded before Sunday. So I'm glad to meet you tonight. So welcome to White Oak Online. For many of you who are part of White Oak's family, and for many of you who may not be, we're glad you're here. Thank you for this opportunity to come into your homes. And uh, you can be following along on the side of this screen if you have comments and things that you want to be talking to us about. Each of these services have been moderated. If you don't see a moderator on this screen, then go ahead and make some comments. We'll check you out. We'll find you. Don't worry about that. Maybe you just came across our website today and our stream, and thank you for doing that. Maybe somebody invited you to watch. Maybe you're here in a watch party. However you came to this point, you're considered a part of our White Oak family. You are not alone. We are with you. So let me pray as we begin this time. Father, I thank you for this time. Father, I thank you that we can come into your place, into your presence, into the spot that you have built for us. That spot, Lord, uh, you say in your word is in us. And so, Lord, wherever we gather, you are there. Father, I thank you for that. Tonight, in all these times, we've sung very well those praise words that say, thank you, Jesus, for being a way maker. Thank you, Jesus, for caring for us. Thank you, Jesus, for caring for us in all of these difficult times. And Father, we bring these things before you. We ask you to work in our lives so that we might bless others. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for all the encouraging words that you've given to us throughout this week and to all of our staff. You've been a great encourager. Thanks for those things. We appreciate those words incredibly in the midst of this time of chaos. And and with last week's effort of so many churches to be online, we broke the internet. Can you imagine that? Well, it happened. And so we're going to make this, this broadcast an opportunity for you at many different times. So tune in. Pay attention. Watch for the things that will come throughout the week from White Oak Christian Church. I hope you're staying up to speed with our comments and with our prayers each day. We're all searching for community. We're all searching for connection. We realize that we're told to stay apart, and yet that is so hard for Christians to do. So God's not surprised with this moment. He's not stressed. God's plan doesn't get interrupted. He made our church body, and he gave us what we need to be distributors of hope. And that's what he's asking us to be, distributors of hope. White Oak, it's time to flex. It's time to stretch. It's time to do. It's time to go. This is our moment. I love this series, by the way, that we're in. It's called Bystander. We're, we're taking a look, uh, focusing in on Jesus in the midst of an unsettling time in his life. We're looking at the Gospel of John. That's the fourth book in the New Testament. And I love the fact that we look at several of his miracles. But here's the truth. The focus is not on the miracles. The focus is on the miracle worker. Here's how John says it in John 20. 
The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may consider and continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So today we're going to look at a miracle in John chapter 9. I hope that you have your Bible. Turn to that. If you are using an electronic version, check that out. You may want to read it later. But John chapter 9. Before we get there, though, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about your five senses. You know, that first sense that I think about is taste. And maybe later on you can pick up an orange and ah, maybe taste that. It is so amazing. Or how about touch? You know, I think of this cotton ball here. And I think of the touch that I'm able to do with it. Or maybe smell. I got a bar of soap inside this bag. Mm. But you know, I can also sometimes smell a skunk. Not so good. Or how about hearing? Maybe, maybe a train whistle. You can hear that, right? But then there's also sight. So I want you to look at the people who are with you in this watch party. Do you see them? Do you really see them? Now, which one of those would you miss the most? I'd love for you to put that in your comments as you're watching right now, or maybe you talk about that a little bit later, but which, which sense would you miss the most? Go ahead, vote. Now, for me, it'd be my sight. I, I mean, I could miss tasting an avocado. I could miss touching a cactus. I could miss smelling, uh, well, you know. Anyway, I mean, I could miss hearing an argument, but I could not miss seeing a sunset. I couldn't miss seeing a basketball settle in the net. I couldn't miss seeing you. But even seeing something may not tell the whole story, right? I mean, we could see two cars wrecked, and I don't know what happened. I could see your report card, but I wouldn't know how hard you worked for it. I could see your pay stub, but I wouldn't know whether you really enjoyed it, right? So my big idea is this. It takes more than your eyes to see. It takes more than your eyes to see. And that's what John learned as a bystander. John's walking along with the rest of the disciples here in the ninth chapter of John when they hear the sound of beggars' cries, and they would have been calling out. He can taste the dust in the air. He, he smells the unwashed bodies. He feels the grit under his feet. And he sees a blind man, and he wonders, what did this man do wrong? Or, or, or what did his parents do? Why else would he be blind? Because that was the thought of the time. And, and sometimes we have that same thinking today. I mean, what happens to us is a result of our personal sin or the sin of our parents. Maybe that's the question that you have been asking about the coronavirus, COVID-19. Is it because of the broken creation? Is it is it because God is raining judgment on mankind? Is it because we've strayed so far from him? Some might say so. And it could be. But I think the answer may be closer to the answer that Jesus gives here. John chapter 9, beginning in verse 3. 
This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. He says, watch what God does. I mean, we've spent the last several weeks going through the Bibles. We've seen how God has gifted us and empowered us through his Holy Spirit. You can check those out at our website. God's gifted us, and he's empowered us through the Holy Spirit. We've learned that God has given us what we need for the time in which we live. And Jesus is the light of the world. He brings light into this dark world. So, will you let him shine through you? Are, are you willing to do what he has for you to do? Where you can care for another person? How, how can you reach out with the hope that you have? Perhaps you know someone right now who's struggling. Maybe you wonder what's caused their struggle. Maybe you could order food and have it delivered to them, or you could phone and pray with that person. You know, maybe you could text an encouraging word. I mean, the world's waiting to see the power of God, and it's not always a miracle that displays that power. It may be something very simple that you do. In this instance, Jesus brings light into the man's life because now he sees. Jesus makes mud from the dust. Now, don't try this at home, kids, and mom and dad won't like it, but he, but he puts a little dust together with some spit, and then he rubs it on the man's eyes. And then he says, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, and Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Isn't it interesting? He says, go to the scent place. I mean, Jesus paints this word picture for the man, and the man goes. Now, I want you to notice two things. I, I want you to notice first that the, Jesus saw the man. He heard the confusion, what, what caused him to be blind. And then he responds appropriately. That's what we're encouraging you to do. Look, listen, respond. What do you see around you? What might be needed? Listen to what people say and then respond. Maybe your neighbor will need groceries. Maybe some money. Could you or your life group reach out? But I also want you to notice something else. This man had never seen Jesus. Yet when he hears his voice, when he feels his hands, he responds with obedience. He does what Jesus tells him to do. Wow, I mean, he's never seen him before, and yet he does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. Would you do Something that a strange voice told you to do? Now it gets interesting because we see two groups of people who are astounded. First we see the neighbors and those who knew the man and they say, is this the same guy? I mean, are you kidding? They've known him all of his life. They saw what happened. They saw who he was before. And the man confirms it. Yeah, it's me, he says. And when they ask who did this, he says, the man they called Jesus. Now, he still has never seen Jesus. And they're incredulous. Yes, we can see the miracle, but, but it was done on the Sabbath when no one is to work. So how can this be that you're healed? 
So they take him to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, and, and they say, explain this to us. Explain to us what just happened here in this miracle. Now, the Pharisees want the whole story. So the man will have to recount again what had happened. And this is the second time he's told his story, and he stays with the line. It starts a great theological discussion or an argument, and they're so divided, they ask the guy his opinion. Now, do you see the irony in that? These are the learned ones, and they're asking the guy for his testimony because they cannot accept the one who did the miracle. He's a prophet, he says, and that sets them off. I mean, they call his mom and dad in, they give them the quiz, and then the mom and dad refer back to their son. They defer to him. I think they're afraid of what the Pharisees would do and that they would lose their place in the Jewish fellowship. In fact, that's what the Bible says. Here's one of the truths that we realize. Power is not found in tradition, but in the person of Jesus. And now, now the man gets, he gets questioned the second time by the leaders. This is the third time he's had to tell his story, and they give him the answer. They say, you know, really, this guy, Jesus, he must be a sinner because he's healed you on the Sabbath day. And, and, and the guy answers with his own testimony. He says very simply, I don't know about all that. All I know is that once I was blind, I was born blind, and now I can see. Now remember, this man's never seen Jesus. He was changed by Jesus. You don't have to be a preacher, a doctor of theology, a gifted evangelist, an elder in the church. All you have to do is tell people what Jesus has done for you. That's your testimony. Remember, it takes more than your eyes to see. And man, they come back at him. Come on, what really happened? They say, you don't expect us to believe this, do you? And the man gets excited. I told you, aren't you listening? Or do you want me to tell it so clearly that you can become his disciple? Because seeing is believing. <laughs> now they come and glued. Well, what do you mean? We know Moses but we don't know this man's origin. You can hear the jaws on the trap begin to snap shut. Listen to what the guy says to them. He says, why, that's very strange. The man replied, he healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has ever been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. <coughs> He's saying to them, hey, you saw, you heard, but you didn't respond. You don't really listen. And yep, they tossed him out of the synagogue. And that might be the response that you would get when you tell others why you are the way you are. You see, even with the miracle of your changed life, people don't want to look at the one who did the miracle. You may be pushed out of your circle of friends, of those you have known because of your testimony, but stand firm. Now, the man's alone, but he's not forgotten. There's this strange man who walks up, according to Scripture, walks up to him. 
And he asks a question that cements the change in this man's life. Let's listen in. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Interesting phrase here, son of man, is one of the names that the Bible uses for Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The man knew instantly what Jesus was saying. Do you believe in the Messiah, the Savior? Oh, I want to, he says. Just point him out. It's me, Jesus said. And immediately the man falls down in worship. I mean, I believe he's touching the feet of Jesus. We see that form of worship in other places in the New Testament. And Jesus accepts this worship. He is God. He continues to talk. And then Jesus told him and said, I entered this world to render judgment. The Pharisees are standing around listening, by the way, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. It takes more than your eyes to see. The focus is not on the miracle. It's on the miracle worker. And the Pharisees would not see the miracle worker. Do you see him? Do you really see him? Can I encourage you to follow Jesus, to see with more than your eyes? And don't let someone look down on your youthfulness, students. Don't look away from your circumstances if you're struggling right now. Look for Jesus. Look at Jesus. Listen to his word. Respond to his voice. John said this, The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Don't be blind. Have sight. So what am I challenging with today? Well, first of all, If you have questions about today's talk, please note in the chat for this webcast or or watch for the contact information with this video feed. Second, I want you to look, listen, and respond. Look around you at what's happening. Listen to the people that you see and respond. There's something that God wants you to do. Look, listen, respond. This past week, I enjoyed uh, a number of things that people posted online. I I saw one uh, individual who who works part-time at a spot. He encouraged a number of the employees because it's really a difficult time for the owner of this particular shop. And he encouraged the employees to all go and to buy at full price some of the products that were sold to encourage their employer. Wow. Wow. I I know another who was talking about her mother being in a retirement facility. And and so there were ways in which she could send messages in. 
there were ways in which people could stand outside and hold up signs and people could look out and see individuals trying to encourage them. I know that City Gospel Mission is, is needing people to help with their food pack. Not in packing the food, but in bringing food down. And you can, you can check that out both at our website and there's City Gospel Mission. I know our schools are distributing food and sometimes they need help. So you can just check in with the school and see how you might be involved. Look, listen, respond. And when you're not doing that, stay home. Number three. Nathan's been challenging us to do Connect Four. That's four acts of love, and that's four minutes of prayer four times a day. Can I encourage you to do that? Can I challenge you to just spend that 16 minutes in prayer a day that that you could find four things that will encourage somebody else an act of love that will be your sacrifice? I look forward to seeing what you'll be posting this next week. You know, it's great to watch people grow. And uh, we, in the midst of this series, Bystander, we've taken video uh, testimonies of a couple of people. And we have, we have a special one yet today. It's Nathan and Marty Sheets. And you'll see that in just a moment. But remember, the shepherd loves his sheep. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the things that you are doing in and among us. May you take these words and encourage us and remind us that we have to see more than just with our eyes. That it takes more than our eyes to see. So help us to be students of your word, listen to your voice, and respond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.